If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi there and welcome to episode 116 of the ADHD Adults Podcast. What? 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 Just, just silence, just silence for a bit, just a little bit, just shh, I'm shushing you now, just for a little bit, thank you. Anyway, I'm James Brown, the man whose first ever alcoholic drink in a pub was a pint of mild, and as always, I'm joined by Dr. Alex Connor, who used to be a mild-mannered reporter, but definitely wasn't a superhero unless his power was being annoying, and of course, Mrs. ADHD, who joined the Mild High Club when she was a trolley dolly. Alex, what? hi. <laughs> It's a shit joke, but I just knew really that. shit. Yeah, Alex, hi. Easy blue, easy. What? Right, there's right. There's a little story behind this. In that I actually forgot. I fucking hell. I actually forgot for about sixty episodes what Alex's hellos were for. I forgot he was trying to annoy me. So I've just been letting him say oh, that. that's we... what they're for. Yes. Actually, yeah, I think no we went over that. this recently because we both we did, we, we did mention it, but but at the, at the very start, the very first episode, when I think he did was up. And was I just and he realised it annoyed me. He then wrote a hello to, to really annoy me. And I forgot, object impermanence, just like not there. Easy it blue. Might not be that, to be fair, it just might be basic cognition. It could it's nothing be. to do with ADHD. Can you can you just explain yourself quickly? Easy blue in a mank accent. Um, yeah, it's 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 because people write to me asking me to say things that they think will annoy Amazing. you the most. And Amazing. this was from uh, Leeds ADHD support group. Hello. They also well, called worked. this a so-called podcast in the letter they wrote asking me to uh, do Excellent. jokes, which I absolutely <laughs> loved. While refer like obviously being a fan of the podcast and knowing it's a big pile of old shit is that's my perfect Venn diagram of, of listener. I can't draw Venn diagrams, as you know. And Mrs. ADHD, oh. Oh, yeah, I can see she's looking at other things. Hiya. How are you both, Mrs. ADHD? First, I'm all right today. Good. And uh, Alex. I'm excellent. Thank you, James. Yes. Really delighted with Lee's Aviation Support Group for that Hello Easy Blue, because I get to do my Manchester accent, which is as shit as my Birmingham one. Um, They are one of the increasing number of people, I think, with podcast Stockholm Syndrome, despite (laughs) Stockholm Syndrome being a massive lie. It's anything. Uh, And one of those people with Stockholm Syndrome that's a lie sent us a letter, James. No, they didn't, and you can't read it out. That's right. From a Robert from Kidder Street away. It's, it says, I heard the last podcast where James and Sam seem not to grasp the concept of cognitive dissonance. That means doing things you know are bad for you. Well, it might be the same reason that many Eskimos wouldn't understand the English word for snow. It goes on to say, I don't mean because it's nuanced. I mean, because they haven't got a strong grasp of the English language at all. It's I'm very, really happy with that. Thanks, Robert. It's painful <laughs> to hear them both speak. 
it, it is right. very very nuanced and, and intelligently written, Dad. Yeah, it's a good joke. Next, Dad. Mm. We've had a real letter. Can I read it out? Yes, please. I love you, Alex, is what it says in the script. There's a bit in green, but she's not going to read that, obviously. So if you just carry on, Al. So do I. (laughs) Thanks, guys. I love you too. I was messing around with the script about seven minutes ago. So (laughs) James just reads anything out and Sam doesn't read it anyway. There's the letters from Christopher Marsden. It says, I mean, I haven't checked, but I'm allowed to read its literal full name out. It says... um, when I was in prison, but no, it doesn't. It says, what I love about the pod is that listening to it feels like the chaos that living with ADHD is like. Yeah. The self-deprecating humour, the frustration, the insane digressions, Sam, the constant, <laughs> saying that, the constant loss of the thread, and even the self-abuse, and this picture of a bell, which is the word for ding, <laughs> I like very much, between the three of them, never fails to make me smile in recognition. Thank you, Christopher. Thank you. Yeah, we don't read out the ones with... Um... Hmm. D- differing views to that, do we? Very often. No, no, we don't. The ones that say this, it, it's the, the, the psychoeducation is good content, but the rest of it's just awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they don't say that. No, we're, we're niche, aren't we? Hmm. Hmm. Internationally, James. Great question. I've just read this. The, 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 <laughs> my own script, I messed it up. Uh, if I check the, my notes, oh, that's the tissue. I got. We still, are. Makes no, still makes no noise. No, no noise, really. We are up by mm. exactly one country to 160 countries. What are the chances? Wow. Seriously, no it's chances. zero. Chances are mm. zero. Anyway, the week's, this week's country is almost certainly not Slovenia, where the official language is... Um, is it Slovenian? <laughs> I think that's, I guess. It, uh, anywho, a hearty um Stravlieni in Dursel to one Slovenian hipster who's trying out the new Apple Vision glasses and accidentally hit play on the podcast when a bee flew onto his nose. Oh, a bee flew up my dad's nose once. It, really? it did. And, yeah. and now we can speak fluent Slovenian. That doesn't make sense, Sam. You've got to think these things through. <laughs> Amazing. Um, just quickly before I uh, describe what the podcast is, I just want to mention that um, after being contacted on February the 27th, by Evie, the lovely Evie from Spotify, saying Hi, that um, from, from ironically the talent in Rabbit Ears team at Spotify, saying that we'd like wow. you to move. I know uh, to our platform. We've made that move. Hopefully, this means that people are still listening and that the tech guy hasn't completely fucked it up and it's not streaming to other services. Um, but just to let you know, there will be extra content coming up in the future if um, we can manage to record it. So. As usual, this persistent bout of pubic lice that once caused my mate Wayne to burn his pubes off of a podcast is a tragedy in three parts. Which is the last week <laughs> was about ADHD and cognitive dissonance, which neither Sam or myself really understood. And this week we're focusing on what is an emerging but important area of research, and that is subthreshold or mild in rabbit ears, Alex. Like, like Sam's gone. Oh, yeah, yeah, mild, very, very much. Nothing about Mrs. ADHD is mild. No. As usual, the three parts include the Russ Abbott of evidence, Alex the psycho education monkey, telling Hello. us all about the topic, our personal reflections on the theme, and then some, I don't know. Spunk I just trumping. don't know. Yeah, we'll just call it spunk trumping. So, Alex, you're mildly annoying. Off your drop. Okay. As you may already know, there are a number of symptoms for inattentiveness on one side of ADHD and then hyperactivity, impulsivity on the other. You don't have to have them both. There are nine for each in the book. 
in the big book nonsense. Currently, along with some other criteria about when symptoms start and the impact they have on your life, a person needs to be <laughs> positive, in inverted commas, for, let's grab it ears, James, for any five out of nine. And these need to be severe or they happen a lot, that means. What about if you don't quite have five symptoms? Well, one thing is it used to be six. So if you have five, and you, you wouldn't have got a diagnosis then and you would now because it is a subjective clinical diagnosis. So that's one thing it does change. And there is an increasing, if not universal, acceptance, ABBC, that ADHD, like other neurodivergent conditions, is a dimensional disorder. And that means inattention on one side and hyperactivity, impulsivity on the other, are behavioural traits that, of course, naturally occur on a continuum like intelligence. And ADHD is one extreme of that continuum. With that in mind, the diagnostic thresholds used to define, and then rabbit ears again, apologize, uh, abnormal behavior. So get, getting to, to the over the diagnosis line, if you like, um, they, they are artificial. They're made up, but they are bloody useful. Mm. And that means that they can identify individuals like Sam, who experience, I don't know why Sam, we all have it, who experience significant impairment in their daily functioning due to ADHD. Bullied you three times, Sam, have you noticed already? Yeah, I like it. You've fucked me here, haven't you? What, what yeah. about ADHD? You've shot yourself in the foot there, James, haven't you? Because I've just said it. No. Right, so why is it five then? Excellent question, Sam. Do you want a badge? <laughs> Devil studies. <laughs> I can't do that. I can't. It's just as bad. That was Rob Thomas the Tank Engine. Several studies looked at symptom numbers before the criteria were changed and suggested that if you lower the number of symptoms, that might be appropriate in adults. Soon after that, research suggested that reducing the number of symptoms needed for a diagnosis does increase the number of people who could get diagnosed by almost 30 percent that's a whopper but data using those criteria in the dsm-5 which is the big book of nonsense does that lower the symptomatic threshold for diagnosing adhd in adults yes in a word so the, the previous research had already shown that reducing the symptoms needed to four would allow many more women to obtain a diagnosis that probably a psychiatrist would say did have ADHD. Because, remember, the tests weren't designed in girls and women, or for them, not really. So some lovely unintelligible science, lowering the symptom threshold than the one proposed by DSM-4, determined the best balance between sensitivity, which is picking up people who definitely have it and not missing them out, and specificity. So false positives, false negatives. So you don't want to pick up people who don't have ADHD and give them a little bit of speed. They go mad. Um, and so that's the best balance. That's what they said. So using these criteria is the best balance for picking, predicting at least moderate impairment in daily living. So if four, five, what's the difference? Um, it's, it's one, James. The difference, it's one. They did, you don't do maths, do you, in Dracula school? Walks into that's that one. what it, you know when i was when i was looking at it this morning there were so many count dracula jokes because you can't count i wanted to do but when i checked every single one of them had already been covered by sesame street in the 1980s so it's, it's kind of too done 
Currently, the diagnostic criteria requires you to have five of those nine symptoms. But in the real world, uh, a good psychiatrist will work with you to understand the impairments your symptoms cause rather than just following the tick box process. Box process. If, they, if you just tick them all off, they're going to go, okay, that's pretty obvious. But if you're in that threshold area, they're going to have a conversation with you. It starts to get interesting, you know, it's science-wise, when you look at research into what is known as subthreshold or mild ADHD. And that, so subthreshold disorders are conditions with short and relevant psychiatric symptoms, but they don't meet the full criteria. And it, and it makes sense because it's just a, a subjective classification. In the case of ADHD, James, before you ask, that might mean being positive for four instead of five of the nine symptoms for inattentiveness or hyperactivity, impulsivity. A systematic review or, or a big study will add up all the smaller studies into a great big one. Um, do do I like the pushback as it says it. <laughs> do, do. I really like that, James. Reported wide-ranging prevalence of subthreshold ADHD, which could go from one to 20% of people. Also identified several areas where if you have subthreshold ADHD, that had a meaningful impact on functioning and not in a good way. Other research has shown that subthreshold, in inverted commas, diagnosis of ADHD is a risk factor for several other psychiatric symptoms as well as uh, uh, being addicted to smoking as well, and high alcohol consumption. In general, outcomes seem to be worse in subthreshold ADHD than in the general population, but not as bad as full-blown ADHD, which we've never come up with a better term for. <laughs> so this is the idea of where mild ADHD comes from. It does appear to actually be um, problematic. We'll wait. Yes, oh, I do. Um... <laughs> I do, Sam, yeah. It's a really good question. The, 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 the new microphone as well that we got, it really does pick up the typing that she does during the episodes. It um, does, yeah. It's, they're good yeah. microphones, aren't they? It doesn't pick up the eyes scanning all the different tabs open well. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. But, but it picks the, up the, the heavy sorry. typing. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Are you asking, Sam, if mild ADHD is actually a thing in my sort of semi professional yeah, yeah, opinion? That's exactly what I was asking. It's a really great question. Um, it is a spectrum, but not one to ten, isn't it? ADHD, that's the problem. It's, it's possible, and I think strongly possible, that subthreshold ADHD, mild ADHD, could be a milder form of the disorder, or perhaps a mixed group of, of true ADHD cases and false positives. So some people, yes, some people, no. Do you know the big take-home for this? Mm. Sam, are you ready to do some sums with me? If you no. had four for inattentive, right, and four for hyperactivity, impulsivity, you would have... 11. James, any idea how many? <laughs> no, that eight, James. You'd have eight yeah. criteria and no diagnosis of ADHD. It's eight. Compared eight. to someone who had five and zero, who would have James? James, anything? Any idea? James? Uh, five. <laughs> no, of course you don't. Five. And you'd have ADHD. So you'd, it, it, there's, for us, that's kind of unfair. And it's another reason not to do that angry American TikTok thing, moaning about the neurotypicals all want us to eat bananas. We, we're, you know, you look like a dick. What? Yeah. No, I, I, I think it was. I'm, I hate to give you a compliment, 
so I won't. We'll be back in part two, <laughs> where we'll talk about personal reflections on the theme of subthreshold or mild ADHD. Alex, hi. Hi. What's up? Hello, Governor. Welcome back to. Oh, sorry, I didn't do three, two, one. Okay. That's <laughs> fine. No, it's fine. It's there was a gap. It's All fine. Right. <laughs> okay. Three. Two, one. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm gone. Right, three, two, one. one. Welcome back to episode 116 of the ADHD Adults Podcast. This is part two where we will talk about our personal reflections on subthreshold ADHD. James, what? I got was there in like, the end. That was that perfect. Was magical. That's baffling. <laughs> I mean, it was ma- it was magical. Obviously, all the the stuff before she got it right is going to be included because it was it was brilliant. Wow. Okay, I think this is ma- this is massive ding. I think this is a really oh. big area, ding. partly because, in my opinion, I already did one, but yeah, you can double ding yeah. if you want. Okay. Um, partly because, and we talked about this in a recent episode. Even if you just focus on our poor metacognition, even if you just focus on that one thing, the fact that we're not very good often at thinking about our thoughts and behaviours and what we do. And, you know, as we've said previously, if you fill in the ASRF on a Monday and then fill it in again on a Friday, you might have different answers. And if actually the difference is that you struggle to think about whether or not, you know, you made careless mistakes as a child and do it now, because you use a coping strategy like um, spell checking um, or checking the grammar using Grammarly, and therefore you don't feel like you make careless mistakes because you've got a coping mechanism to deal with that, that might be the difference between four and five symptom areas. And therefore, if that means that you just happen to have a psychiatrist that you know very rigidly sticks to, to the guidelines and, and doesn't have that more discursive conversation about, well, let's let's look at how these symptoms might impact you just on that one thing, that one metacognition thing, that could mean that somebody might miss out on getting a a diagnosis. Then if you look at the fact, as we've said, the tests weren't designed in uh, girls and women. And we know that actually the tests, particularly for inattentiveness, are not as good as something, possibly not as good as a test like the mind excessively wandering scale. The evidence that actually for symptoms is better, is, is better for the specificity and fuck i've forgotten the other one sensitivity of the test in women and girls this is something that i think will change in the next dsm because let's face it fuck all happens in terms of support for 99 percent of people who would be seen as subthreshold i actually know a psychiatrist and spoke to them about this i'm not going to name them or the organization that they work for and they um had basically agreed that if anybody that they assessed was identified as being subthreshold, that they would offer some support because they felt that this was definitely a thing that needed support. But for most people, if you go into that assessment and yeah, you get your tick four boxes instead of five. Um, and as Alex said, maybe four on both sides. So you've got eight symptoms and and don't get a diagnosis. That's Rachel Riley's <laughs> in the room, everyone. <laughs> Fuck. I only, only, I've got memory, not Matt, Alex. I can remember you said eight. Um, then that, that the impact that's going to have on your life is massive. The outcomes for people with subthreshold ADHD are worse than for people without ADHD. They are not as bad as for people with full-blown ADHD, but they're still worse. These people need support. Sam, what about you? Well, 
I think surely the most important aspect is whether the person is coping or not. So someone might have all the symptoms like really severely, but be in a position or an environment where it doesn't have a massive impact on their life and they cope. But then somebody that's sub-threshold might be in such a high-pressured environment where lots of people are relying on them at home and at work, and it has a major impact on the quality of life and the mental health and their ability to hold down a job and the after family, etc. It's all relative, surely. So if you're struggling and you can't cope, I think you should be able to get help and treatment regardless of the number of symptoms. And I completely understand that there's got to be some arbitrary scoring process in order to set a benchmarks, because it because like you said, it's a spectrum when we've all got different symptoms mixed with traits with other neurological conditions and and the waiting lists are ridiculously long. long so there's got to be some way of prioritising those people that need help. But I just think it makes more sense for the scoring system to be based on how well you're coping and the quality of your life rather than what specific symptoms you have, especially because we all present so differently so that those that are struggling get help the quickest. Because like you said, these tests are designed in young white boys. So if you've got a different gender identity or a different race, have a different sexual orientation or a different age group, different sex, different ethnicity or a person with a disability or an impairment or sometimes, basically, if you're not a young non-disabled straight cisgender white boy then it might not pick you up anyway because you might present differently so you might be um present a sub-threshold and and not be diagnosed so surely it should be based on what you need so i wouldn't i probably wouldn't have scored highly before perimenopause because oh, no, i had <laughs> I thought that I coped so so well and masked so well that I appeared to be a semi-functional normal human being who was just a bit ditzy and quirky and unpredictable. But it was once I lost my coping mechanisms that I I I, I got diagnosed because I couldn't cope. So I Although to be fair, though, those those coping mechanisms were heavy drug and alcohol use, so that's usually a sign. <laughs> <laughs> We're not recording this, are we, James? This is just a chat outside of the... Well, thanks for derailing me, and and I've completely lost what I've said. Like, completely. Because you started talking about... Because you started talking about identity politics, and I don't understand all these new people we have now. Oh, hilarious. (laughs) No, you don't... You know what really pisses me off? Sam's pretty much, I think, hit the nail on the head with with the position... Yeah, that, that in a nutshell, that's it, isn't it? Yeah, I think it should just be based on how well you're coping and not what your actual symptoms are, because we all present differently. I think it should and be I think we're obviously, comparing you. As you completely accurately said, we're not talking about giving those people, you know, strong amphetamines, but you shouldn't need the accommodation. You shouldn't need a diagnosis for accommodations of ADHD. That's the point. I, why don't we assume with good grace that mm. I, I, I think... I don't know about you, but every accommodation that I ask for for ADHD that I don't get, pretty much every one of them, I think, would be a benefit to every human, even those neurotypicals who, you know, have a committee where they plan, plan against us. <laughs> every Everyone would benefit from simple questions on emails, you know, not giving us, like, garbled verbal instructions. Have you ever met a human that loves garbled verbal instructions? I don't think there is one. So, I mean, planning with good faith that we all, we're all a bit ADHD, ironically, would actually help as long as you don't tell us we are. I think that's, that's, it was really good, Sam. I hated, I hated it. <laughs> um, um, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, 
I would say the, I know we're talking about actually having four out of five. Actually, being sub threshold is also bad. But I would also add that if you identify a sub threshold and didn't get a diagnosis, and people don't, mm. you know, a lot of us look at those four and they go, "Well, my brother did. My brother did." And he went, "Oh no, no, I don't do any of those things because I physically restrain myself from doing them all the time." That's not the same thing, Jules. You, you big idiot. Your long face. We're not recording this, are we, James? <laughs> um, I would also say, as, as Sam said, the the this idea of impairment is time dependent. You go through menopause, all those pain coping strategies, which are at the expense of your physical well-being. It's it's a reduction of cognitive freedom to do something else. As soon as you hit that Mary Mary Penamores, Mary Penamores. Those, they, those they're like expensive coping strategies don't work as well. Like the exact same person with the exact same brain would reach a diagnosis. So we have to be, one, we can't do the non-pharmaceutical accommodations, which don't fucking cost anything, really. I do not know. Gets right on my tits. James, no time for the game? No, no, we've got time for the game. Um I obviously forgot about it, but luckily something obviously. happened, which you're aware of. You, luckily something happened, which you're, what, is the score 12, 10, 13, 10, 13? I've forgotten. We I'm have no that. clue. You, you're winning anyway. So, yes. So uh, Alex, Alex and I were recording some um, videos yesterday to put on the website to help people understand ADHD, almost like a little course and what's ADHD and medication and stuff. And um, after you left, no, so before you got here, Alex, I sent you and Sam a picture and Jack actually saying, I think I've just won ADHD because I, the SD card, the memory card for the camera. You didn't send had, that to me. Uh, well, I don't like you, obviously. I'm oh. sure. No, I didn't tell you about it. Yeah. Anyway, I'd walked downstairs with the memory card in my mouth, holding it because I had a handful of stuff, I kept it in my mouth because I forgot it was there and then went to make a bowl of porridge. And I must have, no, no, I must have spat it out for some reason. <laughs> And then when I put the porridge in, I went to the camp, where's the memory card? And I looked it, for 25 minutes, I looked everywhere. And then vaguely I thought I, I was near the, the air fryer. So lifted up the air fryer, looked underneath. No, now luckily both of the drawers were out. I'd spat it into the air fryer and it was at the back of the of like the, of the, the oven bit in the air fryer. And I, luckily I hadn't turned it on. Not only Sam did he send me a picture of it, but we were together physically in the same room as well. <laughs> He's just trying to wind you up there. Anyway... That's not that's not the thing that I got wrong. No, Something I like, assume the question, James, is yes. why did I make porridge when I haven't eaten human food for 273 years? <laughs> there was blood in it. There was blood in oh, it, yeah. Alex. Obviously, oh, yeah. not milk. Like the golden um, child, do you remember that? Yeah, I do. I do, yeah. So something, something went wrong afterwards. I lost the memory card afterwards, believe it or not. So after filming it, which of these which of these three things happened? And I, again, searched for ages for this when I wanted to edit it. Did I, A leave the memory card in the camera, put the camera away in the garage and then spend 25 minutes looking around the front room for the memory card. Did I B, drop the memory cards outside as I was taking stuff into the garage so it was just on the drive outside the house? Or did I three, already have it plugged into the laptop, um, but because the adapter was underneath the laptop, I couldn't see it? Hmm, right. It's not two. It's not, it was on the drive because it was the daytime and you can't go out, can you, in the sun? <laughs> so it can't be two. I don't think, I don't think it's 
it was in the garage because your garage is full of the steaks left over from you. You can tell by your smug face, you, you, I haven't got this. Tell immediately. <laughs> so look at him. Look at his lips. Gives him little micro expressions. The advantage of the psychopath is you can spot micro expressions. And that was just a tiny little eye thing of like, keep talking, fat boy. <laughs> so I'm saying three. I don't yeah, know what it was. Wrong. You're wrong, you're wrong. Left it in the camera, didn't realise, and looked for ages like, hang on a minute. Yeah, and it was still still in the camera. So in the gloriously, garage. yeah, in the garage, gloriously, I've dragged one back. I think it's 12 when it might be 30, 12 and 11. Gloriously, that's a, a reference to our friendly. We'll be back in part three, four, some spunk, trumping, etc. See you in a bit. Bye. No. Welcome back to episode 116 of the ADHD Adults Podcast for the Love of God. This is part three, where, as always, we give absolutely shy, apart from me, tip topics on the theme, which today is mild-mannered ADHD or sub-threshold ADHD. Right then, anybody got a top tip for us? James? Hospital pass there from Alex, thank you. Yeah, yeah, it's hard one, isn't it? I think this is really difficult because... Because we do a good one. We do, we do have a level of agency in this. That means that that for many people feel obviously that when you're in the GP's office or when you're being assessed by a psychiatrist, that you, you kind of have to go with with what they say. And, and often, you know, you are able to challenge these things. So if, for example, you are, you know, told that you've got you, you don't meet the threshold for five, ask how many symptoms you do meet the threshold for, have a conversation with the, the psychiatrist or if at the level of the GP, for example, if you take your ASRS in and they say, well, you don't meet the criteria, ask to say, well, well how many do, you know, do I meet then, for example? If it is, as we said, four and four, then knowing about poor metacognition, knowing that you can have a conversation saying, well, I, I genuinely feel actually that, that that maybe we need to go through this together or take into account you know, the informant reports from other people that might pick out that you've got more than four of these is helpful maybe even make the psychiatrist or GP aware that there possibly is a thing called subthreshold ADHD. There are quite a few scientific studies looking at this, actually. It's not something that's just been, you know, made up and thrown about. And also remember in terms of self-acceptance that, I think Alex has mentioned this in the past, the, the whole kind of concept of a scientific fact, you know, is, is false because- Certainly in your papers it was. Or yeah, fabricated in fact. Um, so, so obviously the th- it used to be six, and that was that was based on some studies looking at the number of symptoms, and then further studies suggested it should be brought down to five. Now, when it was six, that doesn't mean that it was a fact that you had to have six for ADHD to exist in you. Just in the same way that now it is five, it doesn't mean that it is a scientifically proven fact that you have to have five. There's a possibility this will change in the future. So even if you do struggle to get help in terms of the self-acceptance or self-identification as somebody that may have ADHD, it's probable at some point in the future that it will turn out to be a dimensional disorder and there will be, if you like, levels. And some people do get told whether they've got mild, moderate or severe ADHD. Some psychiatrists do use terminology along those lines. And the last tip is, is, is again, is get someone to help you with your forms because uh, that lack of metacognition, that lack of being able to think, well, hang on a minute, how do I do that? How does it affect me? Can be one of the things that could be the, the key in terms of the number of symptoms meeting the threshold. Sam, what tips have you got? 
haven't really got any tips but that's a good point because you're right like in the same day or even in the same hour I could probably fill that ASRS form out completely differently because you're just changing all the time and I think it's important to say as well that self-diagnosis is valid and you can still get help through access to work and access coaching you know even if you haven't got a diagnosis if this is having an impact on your life and you're struggling with it you can still get help with it and that's all I can think of not bad it's good Alex somebody's honestly changed the batteries on Sam she's incredibly <laughs> professional today I don't like it sorry um no it's a it's a really good one right um yeah top tip um have you tried a planner that'd be my advice <laughs> no one. not really what what i will say is that the imposter syndrome i think would be really huge it's huge if you're fully diagnosed and treated mm. with adhd and you have all the symptoms and james would have nine if you'd filled in the forms properly mm. um you still i think do you two agree with this you still think sometimes oh no i don't have adhd really that it was all all mistake. i'm a shit person all the time and if i don't take my literal amphetamine which sends me to sleep i am pretty much unfunctional still yeah. mm. and yet i think that i'm just a shit person yeah and so if you haven't don't quite reach diagnosis or you or you you know didn't answer questions right whatever reason you sub threshold either because you are or because it isn't quite right the diagnosis you're going to feel even more fraudulent, I imagine. That's going to be a really difficult position to be in. And it's going to be objectively more difficult for you than those neurotypicals in that committee room. All going, eh, let's get them. So what I would say is is, is the, the first group of, of things is, is do the practical stuff we have to do. You know, you, the buddy system, if you can. Um, double up on tasks uh, double bubble i always call it so if you if you want to take a glass from your bedroom down to the kitchen that's and you're looking at it and going why don't i just take that down um shut the window at the same time you get next to the glass or do something else next to the glass so you're there anyway any, anything where you can do double tasks gives us double dopamine it works um ask for simple instructions at work and with your partner say do you mind giving me one at a time because i'm you know special um and really ask yourself those questions we ask, which is leads to the main, most important top tip, which is d just don't give a shit. Jo join us. We do not care. ADHD Towers and Schlotz, uh, ADAS, as James calls my house, whether you ask for have a diagnosis or not, whether you're subprofessional or not, we just don't give a shit. Join us. We don't, no one cares. No one asks. Identify how the hell you like. Because of all the new people, Sam, that I don't understand. <laughs> Just uh, you're welcome vampires. with us, right? Say again. And vampires. Yeah, we're all inclusive. Mm, let's not. Honestly, in about 30 years, I'll get cancelled. Do you know what you said in 2023? So vampires wasn't a thing. So you're baffled by it. Everyone's welcome. Identify how the hell you want. That's the most important thing. Everyone, You all count with us. Mm. Every, everyone, however, doesn't matter. That's, it's so important to have a tribe, right? And and feel like you fit in because it's fucking exhausting trying to pretend you're something you're not. That's it, that's it James. Fab. Well, that was episode 116 of the ADHD Adults podcast where we talked about ADHD and subthreshold ADHD. That doesn't make <laughs> sense, does it? No. Because <laughs> no. we didn't, did we, James? We only talked no. about the second one. Why have it you is. written that? What, what, because of the why do you think? Because of the thing, because I just changed it from cognitive dissonance because it was the same as last 
episode script anyway if by a miracle you enjoyed this podcast mm. why not support the charity on the link provided because otherwise alex will have to carry on diminishing himself by annoying puffer fish in the aquaria of bavaria i fucking love that for a few euros a time if you want to get in touch contact us on the discard i.e discord Wait, why am i annoying puffer fish aren't i pretending to be one because they did go chat gpt write that for you james it didn't actually no i wrote it. it's not good they're not good it's not a good section i did Thanks like aquarium exactly that's oh, the reason be- that's, beautiful that's, beautiful that's pretty much the whole reason th- that it's in there anyway i call it byern though obviously because you know you, you should use the the the, the, the home language mere san mere boys not not just boys shit